Well, since I'm going to talk about prayer, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we, we thank you that you've given us your name and you've given us access and entrance before you because of your perfect sacrifice. Lord, we come before you this morning as a church, as your body, and I pray, Lord, that I could just step out of the way and, Lord, use me as your vessel this morning, that I would hear your Holy Spirit speaking what you desire for the church and I just pray, Lord, for a closer walk with you and a better, a stronger prayer life for all of us to be developed. And we just thank you, Lord, for honoring our prayers, the hearing and doing in line with your will. And to you be the glory. Amen. 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 And also, Lord, we thank you for these testimonies that we just heard, which speaks of your involvement, intimate involvement in our lives, and we just appreciate that so much. You know, listening to some people talk about prayer, and some of the th things that I hear, it's, it's like it kind of uh, rattles your cage a little bit, you know, that our inclination is if we do good, then we feel like we can go in to pray. And there's times when we're not doing so good and we feel kind of more resistant to go into his presence to pray. But in reality, we should know that God desires us whenever, whenever to come in and pray. And that's a, I, I, you know, we've all, we're, we're all grown up in a society that's based on performance. You know, we all went to school, we had our mom and our dad, and we had our this and that, and we, you know, our workplace, and everything is based on you do this, you get this, you do this, you get this, but grace is, because I've done this, you get this, and it's fate to say, I'm going to take advantage of that, and we're, in our nature, our human nature, our fleshly nature, that kind of gets gummed up at times. You know, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I think that that's a common condition of man. That, you know, I heard uh, somebody saying that God delights in us to come into his presence. You know, we did that, we did that um, grief counseling session on Friday night. You know, and some of the things that were said there, they're so simple, yet they're profound. You know, that there's times where you don't know or you feel inadequate if you go into a situation where there was a serious loss or there was something, you know, really uh, traumatic that took place, and you're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And in reality, we don't have to say anything. He was saying that just our presence to be there is a lot. You know, just our presence. And, um, you know, the small thing, just showing up. You know, there, there's times in, in the church where I'm going through stuff and I see somebody come through the door and just their presence is enough. It's just like it feels complete now. It feels, it's more uh, whole because we're gathered together here. And we're, we know that we're all uh, on a spiritual struggle uphill and, and it's tough. And, and things happen, especially on Sunday morning, that just can rattle you. And it's like, oh, I ain't going to church today, Right? It's so easy to go off that. But when we do come and we're gathered together, we gain strength from each other's presence here. This is like Dwayne is saying. It's like a fire. You know, you can, take, you can have a blazing fire and then you take one of those logs or, you know, stick out of that fire. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go take over here and put it on the side. What happens to that thing? It just kind of 
you know, kind of goes down. But when you add more logs to that fire, it's a blaze, and it's like, oh, there's power in that. There's, there's uh, heat with this thing now. And that's the congregation of the assembly here. As we gather together, there's, there's strength in number. And um, there's power. We've, we've seen God answer many prayers in this church. That's an amazing testimony, you know. We've had testimonies like that where cancer. It's like we can't do anything. Well, God can, and he does, and he hears our prayers. And then there's other times where we've prayed, and it, we haven't seen the results that we're wanting, and we question, well, what happened there? But if the Lord says that this is what I will do, I'll, I would delight to answer your prayers. We have, to, we have to pursue that. We have to pursue that, even when we don't understand times. We don't understand. Um, I saw a movie recently, and it was... Just a, it was an interesting movie from two perspectives. There was one perspective that says, this is what we want, and we're pushing for it, and, and, and this is right, and this is what we should be doing. And then all of a sudden, the, the story switched, and it went to a higher perspective up here. And then the person who was pushing so hard for this thing said, oh, now I see. And I think there's things in our life like that that is from a higher perspective, God's higher perspective of what he's achieving in the long term, in the eternal goals that we don't understand. And we just have to trust him. We got to know, you know, that's why that saying, God is good. And then we say all the time, God is good. You know, he's always good. We just don't see it sometimes because we're down here and he's up here. He's watching it from this perspective. We're down here. We're going through the maze at this time. But when we pray, it has the ability to change our perspective. It has the ability to change our mindset. You know, we all go through stuff. There's things that we go through. And sometimes we go into our prayer closets or we go to God and it says, man, I, I, I need to pray. And you go in there and you went in a certain way and you spent time with the Lord and you laid it all out. Here it is. This is what I'm thinking about here. And... You might not even have the solution at that point. You might not get the, the, the solution to the problem, but you come away from a different perspective. You come away with your heart lifted because you're, you elevated your view. Because if we focus on our problems here, the problems become overwhelming. But when we focus on God, all of a sudden everything kind of takes the proper perspective. I remember that one time we went up to the mainland and we were flying back from, I think we were leaving Seattle. And I was thinking about my problems, thinking about things. And then you get up above the clouds and you look out over the ocean and it's just vast. It just, you know, the clouds and everything out there. And you're like, wow. You know, I, sometimes I think we look, uh, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but sometimes I think we look through life through a straw. You know, it's like, okay, we're just like tunnel vision. But when we get God's perspective, it gets bigger. It's bigger. It's eternal. It's, it's um, grand. And he has grand plans for each one of us. You know, in the book of Matthew, it talks about praying. I want to start there. There's a, you know, we all know, I was thinking the Our Father, you know, that's one that I have committed to memory. I think I attribute that to my days of going to catechism, the Catholic. You know, we would all have to stand up and we'd recite the, you know, all these different prayers. And we had them down by rote. And the Lord's Prayer was one of them, you know. And, uh. Jesus was talking about prayer, and in chapter 6 of Matthew's gospel, it says, and when you pray, 
Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing on the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, and that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So prayer shouldn't be a show. It shouldn't be like, wow, look at how great I am, how, how well I pray. You know, a prayer, in fact, in the book of Romans, it says, sometimes we don't know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit helps us in those prayers. And, uh, and with groanings that cannot even be uttered. Just like you're so, you're so moved, you're so in travail over that, that the words would not even put it into a proper perspective. Put it, 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 you can't put words to how you're feeling about what you're praying. And it says the Holy Spirit helps us in that moment to groan so that his will is being done. I also like to think, you know, it says that when we pray in the Spirit, we pray in the Holy Spirit, it says that we're praying the perfect will of God. We're praying exactly his will. We, we don't, it's, it says, like what was said earlier, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. So there's times that we don't, we don't know, we have, a, we have our perspective on what we think it should be, but when we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, we can pray in the Spirit, we can pray God's perfect will. We can get insights, we can get direction, we can get wisdom through that capacity. So that's another form of prayer that the Bible, you know, he says that I desired to give you this gift. I desire, I'm going to go away. It's actually to your advantage that I go away so that I can confer this upon you. Another form of prayer, another dimension of prayer. But here it goes. It says, um, in verse 6, it says, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So there's a place, that secret place, that prayer closet where we can go. And what it's saying is that we cut out our distractions. We go into that place and we say, I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. I'm going to go pray in a place that's apart from distraction. There's a lot of distraction out there in this world. Amen? We got our phone over there, our, our tracking device over there. And the thing is, bing, and this, you know, notifications and that. And it's a very big distraction. You know, a lot of times it's best to leave that thing outside the room and go in there and go pray without the phone being a distraction. But we go in there and we shut the door, whether that's physically or metaphorically, but we go in and have a place where we meet with God and we say, Lord, here I am. You know, here I am. And just commune with the Lord. And it says in verse 7, it says, When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for the Father knows the things that you need before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. And you go through the Lord's Prayer. You know, and there's, um, I believe it's seven things. It's our Father. So who we're communicating with? We're communicating with the God of all creation. I mean, that is a hard concept, I think, sometimes to just wrap our brain, that God uh, would want to hear from us the creator of everything, the creator of all, everything that we see, everything in the vast, uh, unseen spaces of, of, of the cosmos that he created this, that he wants to spend time hearing me to talk to him. That's mind-boggling in itself right there. But that's what he's saying, our father. So we come reverently before him. He says, your father, I come respectfully before you with honor. Hallowed be your name. It's your reverence. Is his, his name is to be reverence, right? It says, uh, your kingdom come. You know, right now we're in the midst of, of a cosmic uh, 
conflict, a cosmic conflict that's going on. It started with the fall of Lucifer and the rebellion of the angels. And we're in the midst of that. We got dropped into the middle of this thing. All of a sudden, we're here. And God says, well, I'm going to make man in my image. And I'm going to give him the ability to procreate, that he can make a family, he can have a wife, he can have children. And he's going to display me on this earth. And then the devil is there, he's the tempter, and he comes in and he's trying to grab mankind and pull him off and veer him off into his, his ideas and his plan of what he wants. So there's the kingdom of the world, and then there's God's kingdom. And when we know the word, we understand this fight that's going on here. It says in the book of Ephesians that the church is displaying this thing before principalities and powers. That's what it says, that this whole conflict, I believe it's this, I could be wrong, but I believe it's this, that God, he was, he's infinite in power, just like what Jesus said when he went to the cross. Peter busts out his sword, and he's ready to start swinging, and he cuts off Malchus's ear, and he says, put your sword away, Peter. Don't you realize that I could call down legions of angels right now? Legions. I I, we could stop this whole program right now, but because God is playing out his righteousness in front of the church, in front of the world, in front of principalities and powers. He's letting the program go on like this. And we're a part of that kingdom. If we're aligned with that, if we're aligned with God's methods in his ways, his kingdom come, his will be done. We don't see that yet. It says in the Hebrews, Jesus already triumphed at the cross, but yet we don't see all things under his subjection. It's already a fact. It's already a fact. There's nothing the devil can do. And it looks like those people that are on his team look like we're getting over. We're getting our stuff. But let me tell you, it's coming to a quick end here. And the Lord is triumphant. And if we're the body of Christ, we are triumphant with him. We're the overcomers because of what Jesus already has done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Doesn't that give you great joy that it's not always going to go on the way it is right now? Yes. That evil is going to be dealt with. Injustice is going to be dealt with. Rebellion is going to be dealt with. Truth and righteousness and justice and love and peace is going to reign on this earth. He's going to set up his kingdom. He's going to establish his kingdom here. We're going to the book of Revelation and we're seeing that. You know, those seals being broken and the process of that being taken and the title deed given back to the Lord Jesus Christ and he's conferring, this kingdom is being conferred upon him because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the one, the only one. Nobody could even look at the scroll, it said. But the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb of God has triumphed and he's worthy to take it. And we have been baptized into his body and we are those people now. We are those people, and we have communication. He says, as many as have this faith, he's given the right to become the children of God. We're his offspring now. And so his kingdom is coming, and his will will be done on this earth. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Anybody here prayed for daily bread before and seen it come to pass? You know, we as Americans are pretty fortunate, you know, that uh, hunger is... Uh, something that is normally not something that we're so familiar with. And I pray that be, be the case, because you're hearing a lot of things out there, but the promise is in God's word, give us this day our daily bread. There's, there's people at the helm who are doing crazy things that are dismantling our food supply right now as we speak. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, sustain us. Sustain us. That is a promise in his word. 
Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us, Lord, when we screw up, and help us to be forgiving people when other people screw up. Help us to have this very key to having prayers answered, not to have a list of, he did me wrong, this, 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 and just stew over it. It's like, how can I answer your prayers? It says if you have ought against your brothers, you know, just release it. Let it go. Don't stew over this stuff. Let it go. And then our prayers would be answered by God. There would be a conduit open for us. Amen? All we have to do is think about, man, I did a lot that God forgave me for. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Amen? Don't lead us into temptations. Don't lead us into temptation. Give us strength. Give us the power of the Holy Spirit. Like I said last week, sin is powerful, but grace is much more powerful. Grace is much. Grace has the ability to cancel out the temptations of sin. When we focus upon the things that Jesus did, and, and not only that, it's like how many times do we have to get deceived? Where he dangles the, the shiny object over here. Look over here. Come on. Get over here. And then we go for the bait. And like John used to say, the compound punk, he tempts us. Come on, come on, come over here. And then next thing you know, we got a hook in our mouth. Oh, oh, look at you. Look at you, hooked up again. I can't believe. So he tempts us with this thing. And then when we give in to it, we got the hook in our mouth. Then he, he berates us. And Jesus says, well, I can get you off the hook. All you got to do is ask me. You got to believe my word over the... The, the lust of the flesh, the, the things that are drawing us. Believe me that I have already conquered this and have conferred my victory upon you. Like I said, if I tell you don't think about pink elephants, we're all thinking about pink elephants, right? So if we're focused on the forgiveness and the grace and the triumph of Christ, then that's what's occupying our mind. And we're like, I'm not going to play with this low stuff over here. This is the stuff I want right here. And so you can't be doing two things at the same time, right? So what we focus our attention on is what takes dominance over us. It says if you give in to sin, you're a slave to sin. But if you walk in obedience, you're a son of God. And this is so much more appealing. How many times do I have to go around that mountain and get slapped upside? Oh, no, here we go again. I did it again. I did it again. Grace is much more powerful than the temptations. Jesus conquered, and he says, I confer that victory. And the reality of it is, we're still going to screw up. But we have to have the knowledge in our head that it's not based on my performance. He did it already. He did it already. So we're fighting from a place of victory, but we're going after sanctification. I want to be more pure. I want to be more in your presence. I want to be more obedient to your word. This is the battle right here. But in reality, it's not about me working for the salvation. Salvation's already given. It's a gift. A gift is either you receive it or you don't receive it. And we received it. We have it. There's our victory. But it says, just like we saw in John, we're still going to stumble here and there. It's not that we're going to be sinless, but we're going to sin less as we walk with the Lord. That's the promise right there. Amen. And he promises us that. We'll see that. If we're beholding him, we're being transformed into his image. Amen. Deliver us from evil. And once again, for yours, he ends it with that. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
when Jesus came back, that was the first one of the things he told his disciples. All authority has been given unto me. And I give it to you now. So it's our, up to us to understand that this authority has been confirmed upon us. And how we attain to that authority is by prayer. Is by asking. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened up to you. That God makes that promise to us. Huh? Yeah. It gets weary sometimes because we pray. There's certain things that we've prayed for for a long time and we don't see the results of it right away. And we could, well, I don't know what happened. I don't know why he's not listening to this prayer. And we can get discouraged. You know, it says that, that um, it says a, a prayer answered is like a tree of life. You know, to hear that testimony from Steve, it's just like, yes. You know, what a, what a powerful thing. And the reason why I allow testimony in this church is because God did it for Steve. He can do it for all of us here. And a rising tide raises all boats. As our faith level goes up, everybody's faith level goes up because he says, man, look what he did for Steve. And, and we can go over multitudes of testimonies of prayers that we called upon in the name of the Lord. And the Lord answered those prayers. And we said, man, God is an answer of prayers. Amen. I remember, you know. I remember one night, and I've shared this testimony before, and we were having music practice out here. It was on a Thursday night, and there was a fire up in Poli Poli. And Moana Anderson was our praise and worship leader that, that time. And you could see the fire from here. We could stand out on the deck and look up on the... And she was, she was, you could tell she was very troubled. She goes, man, my house is in jeopardy. That fire is coming out of the Poli Poli forest, and it's coming closer to our house. And I said, well, let's pray. Let's pray that God put out that fire. And so we all went over there. We made a circle out in the, below the deck over here, and we prayed to God. And this was summertime, you know. And how often does it rain up in Poli Poli during the summertime? You know, so we prayed, and they're looking up there. You could see the flames. And we prayed, and so it didn't happen right away. And it was about like, like a day later. And then Eric said he was at home, and he got up in the middle of the night, and he goes, Man, that smells like rain. And he went outside the door, and there was a cloud. There was like that, um, the moon was out, and you could see that almost like a halo around the moon. So there's moisture moving in. And he said the wind had shifted to a Kona wind that blew in from the south. And shortly after that, a pretty heavy rain came in and drenched that fire and put it out. God is an answer of prayers. I remember, I'll never forget that. And then I brought that story, went to a prayer event at Pastor Daniel's church. And we were all gathered. There was uh, Pastor John's church, our church. Pastor Daniel's church was there. And we were calling out to the Lord, seeing all the mess that's going on. This was before COVID. And we were praying for things to be transformed and changed. And, and I just wanted to raise everybody's elevation in the prayer level a little bit. And there was massive fires going on in Australia that time. The whole country was, seemed like it was on fire. It was just burning like crazy. And I relayed that testimony during that prayer time. And I said, let's pray for Australia that it would start raining over there. And that's a pretty arid country also. And let's pray tonight that God would put out these fires. I'm telling you the truth. It rained so hard it caused flooding in, in Australia shortly after that. You, I don't know if you guys remember that. You remember that? Put it out. Here's another one on this. The reason why I bring this up, it says, Elijah was a man with a like nature like us, that he prayed that it wouldn't rain. It didn't rain for three and a half years. He prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. He was a man like us. 
didn't have the privilege of the Holy Spirit indwelling within us. It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman or person availeth much. The effectual, targeted, based on the word of God, based in faith, heartfelt, Lord, do this, availeth much. It does a lot. Amen? Amen. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. Another one, a big fire in, in, in San Diego, and our friends who we're going to go see when we go to the mainland, they've moved to Prescott since then, but they lived in San Diego, and they were calling us up, and they go, man, you guys got to pray. We're surrounded by fire right now. There's places burning up. No exaggeration. We prayed for God. Lord, put out these fires in San Diego. I, it, as God is my witness, I'm standing there watching the news shortly after that, and they said, it didn't only rain, it snowed. It snowed. Put out the fire. Baja, your wedding, you guys are surrounded by rain. There was rain. All, he went at Rainbow Park, clouds all the way around, and we prayed, Lord, please don't let it rain over there. It was a hole in the heavens over that wedding. Amen. Kelly Smith, going down to the wedding, the side, the, 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 the this is an emergency weather report. There's a massive storm coming in. I'm like, oh, great. Flash flooding. There's a storm coming in. And Kelly calls me up on the phone on the day of her wedding. Pastor Jay, we got all the chairs set up outside. What are we going to do? I said, what do you want? I want to have it outside. Well, let's pray for that. We all agreed in prayer. Went over to Sandalwood. Storm, clouds all around. But in Waikapu, it was clear. Soon as the wedding ceremony was over, they took the pictures. Boom, it came down. Everybody into the building for the reception. God hears our prayers. He's given us authority as sons of Adam, the son of God. Adam was the creation of God. We're sons of Adam. But Jesus says, as many as receive Christ, he gave the ability to become the sons of God. He gave man the authority over the earth. I've given you dominion. I've given you my name. I've given you my blood. I've given you a covenant that you can pray to me and expect things to happen. Amen. Amen? Powerful. Big things, small things. Small things. You know, when I got my hand hurt, he said, I was like, God, why didn't you heal my hand? I was telling all the doctors you're going to do a miracle when I still had five fingers. And I didn't have a skin graft. It's going to be restored perfectly like the other hand. And it went on. And there was silence. And there was pain. And there was suffering. And it, I didn't understand. It was like, I have faith, Lord, in you. I have faith. And I pray to him. I go to him. And I'm broken. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, wow, man. I felt forsaken of God. And I says, Lord, I want to know why you didn't heal my hand that time. That I had faith to believe that you could heal this hand aside from, you know, just a creative miracle. I had that kind of faith. And he said, you want to know why I didn't heal your hand? I said, I want to know. I want to become your right hand. In your weakness, I want to become your strength. You didn't let me be this before. And I had to acknowledge that. I said, you're right. And I didn't have the audacity to even think that God would say something like that to me. It was like, what? Sometimes his ways are much higher. I think that if he healed my hand, 
I probably would have went back to the ways of the way that I was. I really do. As much as I didn't want to, I think I would have just veered back off to that way. And God says, no, I'm going to do something different here. And yet I had a dream. I had a dream that he did heal this hand. And I believe he can heal this hand. Absolutely whole. I had a dream. I was at when we were living in Pukalani. And, and I, was, I, was, I was sleeping. And all of a sudden, I, I was waking up from a dream where somebody, a Christian, but he was from India, healed my hand. And I was like, that's a weird dream. And I, was, I woke up, and I was moving this hand, and I thought it was my right hand. I go, wow, look, I can move everything. I can articulate it exactly. And I woke up, and I go, that's the wrong hand. <laughs> it's the wrong hand. So I was kind of disappointed. And it was so weird. As I was waking up, there was one peal of thunder. It sounded like it came from Haiku or Makoao, just boom, like that. And I was like, whoa, was that a prophetic dream that that's going to happen someday? Amen. And if God wants to do it, amen to that. He's a God who heals. But he's a God who also sustains us in our weakness. He uses us in our weakened condition. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is perfected in your weakness. Sometimes we can't acknowledge that we're weak. We have to be brought to that condition to acknowledge, wow, man. Even now, as I'm you know, taking care of that property up there, and I was talking to uh, Robert, who does landscape, and he goes, wow, you notice you're getting weaker as you get older? I go, I know. It's kind of scary, man. You know, before you used to be able to lift stuff up and throw it, and we wouldn't even give it a, a second thought. Now it's like, ah. <laughs> 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 this, this body, it's groaning for redemption. I'm groaning for that redeemed body where there's no aches and pains. Where there's, where there's just hallelujah that we see Lawrence and we see Leigh and we see Stephanie. And they're like, you guys got to come see this, man. We keep our eyes fixed on that. We see Bajo's mom and Diane's father up there. We see them. We see those who followed you know, who it preceded us into glory. And we're just like, yes, this was my home. This was always my home. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Deliver us from evil. It's an evil world out there. But God has promised to deliver us from this, through this, to be with us in it and get us to the other side. Hallelujah. What is it today that we would pray for? What is the big thing? What is the thing that we've been waiting for? What is that thing that's like, wow, that would be great if God would do that? It says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Read the 11th chapter of Hebrews, the hall of faith. Those who had faith in the face of things that were rough, things that were, uh, there was adversity, things that, you know, big things, small things. The person who made the hall of faith, was one was Rahab the harlot. Spies come in. I heard about your God. I heard about your God 40 years ago that it destroyed the armies of Pharaoh when you guys came out of Egypt. I heard about your God. I heard you guys crossed over the Jordan River at flood stage. I heard about your God. I want to get in on this. I want to have faith. When you guys come in, remember me. He says, okay, you don't give us up. You let us go. 
when we come into the land, put out that red rope outside your window, the scarlet rope outside your window, and you bring as many people into your house as you can fit, and we will not touch those people. Faith, a request, delivered from evil, delivered from destruction. Family members that we want to see saved. Lord. Rain. Rain. Housing. Housing for Linnea. Paulette and George. Sheena, you need a house. Lord, people need houses, man. These are, these are things that God can do. I can tell you housing stories. I can tell you some stories, man. The last time we had to move, it wasn't the last time, it was the time before that. Living up in Avalau where we live, beautiful property. All of a sudden the landlord says, I need your house. We're making coffee over here. You need to move. I'm like, Mike, what did we do wrong? He goes, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just that we're going this way. We're going this direction. You got to find a place. And I'm like, I haven't rented a house in how many years? 15 years. I don't even know what rents are nowadays. And then my wife in prayers, she says, the Lord tells her, don't look for a place. I have a place for you. And I go, oh, yeah, that's really good. That sounds like a great idea. And yet my wife is a woman of faith. And then we go to David McDonald's. Pastor Rob has the tent set up there by Long's Drugs. And we didn't talk to David, nothing. And we're sitting, he goes, I want you guys to sit in the front row. So he sat in the front row. And David is preaching, he's doing his ministry up there. And all of a sudden he stops and he goes, and the Lord told me that you're not to look for a place to live. I was like, okay, I guess that was the word from the Lord, man. <laughs> and we found a place miraculously. So he said, we want to live up in Kula. Some people got mad. You want to live up in Kula? You know how much it is? You know how hard it is to live up in Kula? God found us a place up in Kula without looking. Down to the zero hour. Boom. Door opens up. You don't even have to sign anything. Here's the keys. Do we have faith? Do we believe God? Have we, we, what we need to do is, in order to look forward, we've got to look back. And say, what did you do for me back then when I prayed? Lord, you were graceful. You heard my prayer. You did exceedingly abundantly above what I could think or ask. You did for me when I couldn't do for myself. So in order to go forward, we got to look back sometimes. And I'm sharing these testimonies to raise our, elev elevate our faith to say, man, if he did that for you, he could do that for me. And I know we all got testimonies here, you know. But this is a church that I would like to believe is on the cutting edge of things that God wants to do. Not, oh, 50 years ago, God did this for me. He can do something today. He can do something radical today. Linnea. Find you guys a house. Paulette, get her a house. Sheena, get a house. You know, uh, provide a job. Jan, get health to our bodies. Strength, you know, renew our strength. Those that wait upon the Lord will, will rise up on wings of eagles. He'll renew our strength. We'll run and we won't grow weary. We'll walk and we won't faint when we pray. You know, one of the things in this lesson, I'm not really going with this lesson, but one of the things that I thought was interesting, it says, thy will be done. And it said something there. I go, yeah, that's, that's true. You know, a lot of times we pray, and then we say, but Lord, your will be done. But the, the challenge is, we should know this word well enough to know what his will is. Right? 
And so if we says, I've, I've told you that I would heal you. Now the timing might be something. It might happen exactly when we want it. And then there's times where it doesn't happen. You're like, well, I don't understand why it didn't happen. But we still have to believe. We still got to believe that God's word is true. Amen? Because it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he who comes to God must first believe he is God and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You diligent, we diligently seek him when we go into prayer, when we lay bare our heart before him and just says, Lord, this is, what, this is real. This is where I'm at. This is what I can believe. This is where I'm having a hard time. Lord, increase my faith. Even the apostles said that, in, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. You see the story, one of the first things that happened after the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit came down, they went into the temple and there was a crippled man laid by the gate beautiful. And he says as he was sitting there, that they, he looked up at Peter and, and John as they were coming into the temple, thinking that they were going to receive some alms. He would throw a couple of shekels into his pot over there. And he looked up and seeing that he had faith, Peter grabs him by the hand and says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he stood up and he started leaping and jumping. And it caused a major commotion in there. And they were able to preach the name of Jesus through a sign and a wonder, through an answer to a prayer that faith was present to receive. God is able to do the impossible. God, there's no limitations on God that we believe what he says and we walk in that truth. And I pray this morning that we would elevate, that our prayers would be elevated. I, I, I listened to somebody who was talking about that and they were saying, they were saying and, I, and it brought conviction to my heart that when we go into prayer, how small our requests are at times. I, it brought to mind, I shared this story with you before, that when my uncle Danny was visiting us from the, when we were living in the mainland, it was the first time I met my mom's brother, his, her only brother. And it's weird, when you meet family you haven't met before, there's a kinship there. You know, there's just, oh yeah, there I can tell you, this is family. You know, there's something connecting. And so he really took a, a liking to us, and so he, we were kids, and he says, let's go to the toy store. Let's go in and, 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 you can go into this toy store and, and just get anything you want. I'll pay for it. And I was like, what? What? It's a kid's dream right there, man. Just ask. Ask what you want. I don't know what it was that motivated me, but my, my asking wasn't that big. I went over to this case that had all these, these uh, metal cars over there, and I go, I want that one, and I want this one. <laughs> That's it? Can you imagine that's God saying, what do you believe me for? What are you going to ask me for? What kind of faith do you have? And then we go before him and it's so puny. I'm God. I'm God. Ask of me the nations for your inheritance. I don't know why we, we think so small sometimes, you know. It seems humble, you know, it seems humble, but... If God is telling, he's, you know, I heard something that kind of twit, t turned that on its head. You insult me by the smallness of your asking. Think about that one. I'm God. We, a lot of these things we have in our mind are just, they're strongholds. 
from our youth or whatever. It's like, oh, you don't be greedy. Back up the car to the toy store. <laughs> We're going to ask. <laughs> you honor me with the size of your request. Can you imagine that one? God? That only, only somebody who really knows their God would have the audacity to ask for that. How about that for a paradigm shift? <laughs> Speaking to myself. Anything, anything, you know. Lord, that Haile Miley would be saved. Not only Haile Miley, but it would be like a bomb that would radiate, that up country would get saved, that Maui would get saved. That through this tragedy that happened here on Maui, everybody's attention is over here, and the whole island turns to Christ, and the nation has an impact. What about that? Like throwing a, a, a rock into a pond, and it just ripples out. Boom. There's been prophecies about something like this happening in the islands. Could it take something like a catalyst, like something like this? That the, the world's attention, I see the comments... People of Maui, stand strong. And I see a lot of comments about God. God is with us. God is watching over us. God is going to get us through this thing. That through this, that God do something so radical that it, it affects the faith in the mainland and the nations. What if we pray for that? What if we believe God for something like that? What if we elevate our view? What if we ask for the whole toy store? Lord, I hope I'm not punching above my weight. I just pray, Lord, that this is what your word says. Help us to transform our thinking, renew our mind, to think, Lord, you're a God who answers prayer. And it says to be thankful. We thank you, Lord, for answering prayers. We thank you for so many testimonies. And we look down the line and we see testimonies being answered, prayers being answered, miracles coming, healings taking place, provision coming in, houses coming in, healings, Lord. Spiritual understanding coming in. Powerful anointing of the Holy Spirit to cause transformation in society. Through Haile Miley? Why not? Jesus came out of Nazareth. Amen. Let's pray.